Hi. We are the triplets. <laughs> yes. Yep, that's us. That's okay. Us. That was a perfectly if you could choreographed. We all said different words. Yeah. God, I don't know. Lydia and I have pretty similar voices. We'll have to watch it back and see if it's Yeah, we'll never audible. know if it worked until the end. But my name is Rachel. Oh yes. My name is Abby. I'm Lydia. And uh, we're all we're members, all, yeah, exclusive members of Damien's Cal fan club. Oh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, his Cal class slash fan, fan club. club. Yeah, yeah. We definitely recommend taking the class. Wow, we're kind of doing <laughs> wow. right now. Yeah, yeah. finishing <laughs> finishing each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> good one. So, what are you guys interested in pursuing or doing? in college what's your goals well right now i and all of us have the same degree it's i'll spoil it it's um biochemistry i almost said molecular biology <laughs> um it was like coming out of my mouth and i was like no that's not right <laughs> um yeah so we're all but doing different things with it so i really am interested in medicine and i think i have been since i started watching Grey's anatomy which was an extremely influential show on my little mind. I think right. the idea of having a, an experience with McDreamy. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> like, experience okay. like being in a hospital okay. room. That, ah! No, not like that. No! able to like work with him on like a, on a body <laughs> on it like a, like a no, okay you need to stop <laughs> it's over you wouldn't want to experience that with anyone else i'm rachel <laughs> you didn't watch Pain's anatomy would you yeah she yeah. did oh well then what why are you shaming me no nobody's this? shaming you i thought it was funny but yeah, yeah that was funny. that was good Okay. Well, anyways, I want to. I don't know what I want to do with my degree. Um, hopefully, I figure it out soon. I it's kind of like the final countdown right now, or it feels like it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this could be. We could be homeless, which is not about. Which is not about thing. I like. I just end up on the streets of Portland because I could never figure it out. Oh, true. My home is pretty lit. Has goats. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am not sure also exactly what I want to do. Um, Right now, I feel like crying most of the time. <laughs> oh, <But> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love school, but I just feel like there's too many options. Like, somebody I'm needs sure. to force. Lydia and I just talked about this. House. Lydia was like, um, it would be so weird to go back in time. And, like, you would, I don't even know what you're saying. But, like, just, you, oh, she's like. It would be hard to not have a toilet. Like, That's the only reason I would love to go back in time, but if there's no public or if there's no like Western modern bathroom, I think I would cry. And then I was like, um, yes, because then I wouldn't have to choose what I wanted. My only there option would be is one, housewife. There would be one option for yeah. me, housewife, or maybe if it's far enough in the future, teacher. But um, I was like, dang, then I wouldn't have this overbearing weight 
of not of having to choose it's a career. True, that's true. Yeah. That's true. yeah, but yeah, labor and delivery is where I think I want to go because, or NICU, those would sound fun, but they get sued a lot. So I don't know. Rachel, what do you feel? Um, right heart? now, I'm kind of. <laughs> Dr. Wasserhoff? Yes, yes, yeah. I forgot for a second. I was like, what am I going to say? Um, yes, I'm kind of thinking about going towards being a doctor of osteopathy, but I'm not really sure if that's set in stone or anything, but that's kind of where my interest is heading towards. Rachel's definitely our, what's that girl's name? Lindsay? Oh, Elsie Dinsmore. Dinsmore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Read that book. Oh, she's our LC. I don't know if I want to be LC. <laughs> but you are. It's just who you are. And yeah, since the time she was little, she. I remember when we first read that book, we all thought she was LC. Yeah. Spoiler alert, LC marries like a 30-year-old man. Yeah. No, he and was like 50. And she's like, what, that was 13? So, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I didn't know associate But it's her. fine because Lydia's that little drummer kid oh, from the true. Partridge yes. family. I so. guess Elsie Dinsmore is better than a drummer boy. Right? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, yeah. Anyways, so, um, yeah. What are your some, hobbies? Lydia, what are your hobbies? Just list um, them off. Just, to, just as a, a statement before I start, we all do the same thing. So, whatever yes. I say, you can apply it to Abigail and Rachel as well. But um, I from the time we were little, since like the age of six, we were playing the violin, and we taught the violin as well. This past spring break, I, uh, we were supposed to go to India to teach the violin, but there was a pandemic, so unfortunately that didn't happen. I'm yeah. happy, like I'm happy I didn't go because I didn't want to spread anything there. So it's, yeah. it's a good thing, but also pretty heartbreaking. Cooties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then we did 4-H growing up as well, which, yeah. But it's There's... a little, it's a, yes, it's a weird thing to do, 4-H. I will admit there's an interesting crowd tied to 4-H. But it was, if anyone's questioning, there's a lot of options in 4-H. It's a youth development program, so you can do leadership and public speaking, and this isn't a commercial for them, but I'm just trying to make it seem like we weren't weird. (laughs) But it was, we did a lot of leadership and ambassadors, and it was a lot of fun, so we got to travel for free, so. You don't need to own a goat to be in 4-H. But it's it's definitely Definitely, That should be, like, the tagline. You don't need to own a goat to be part of Anyway, we do have goats. We, we do. have we have yeah. ten. Ten goats. Ten goats. Um three big honker goats. <laughs> they're masso. Massive. Yeah. yeah. When we went to India and saw their little goats, I was like, dang, my goats could buy you. No, because we went them. to India a year ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not this. No, we didn't yeah. go against pandemic rules yet. But <laughs> our goats are like hundred and fifty pounds. They're just yes. yeah, they're big girls. Freaking huge. So um yeah so we got a buck to breed them this past year and he was a little guy and so the owner was like if he has trouble (laughs) you can dig a hole and put the girls in sorry Rachel's telling me to stop I feel like this isn't a good story to put (laughs) okay we'll just move on regardless of how it happened they all had baby goats we were not involved whatsoever yeah I didn't I I just let them do their if it happened it happened yeah yeah so we have our goat tie goats long story short and it actually happened at the beginning of like our state shutdown so and it kept us really busy yeah, like, that's a lot of work. We're so I think 
people now. <laughs> Next, right. We're we made cheese. We made um, soap. soap. If anyone's interested, I've got lots of You're bars of soap. You're hearing this right now and you're yeah. thinking, I would also like goat milk soap. Yes, yes, and it's clean. And we have beautiful women. Women goats. Wonderful ladies. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah. Stunning. Yes. Anyway, so that was a long, but introduction but yeah so lid i think uh when damien first emailed us about this opportunity to be on this podcast women in math women does not exist i really such liked, a good name i yes, really like the name, name by the way it's so mean girls i loved it laughed a lot yeah uh he <laughs> he talked about how our our experience might be a little bit different from other people's in school and moving through our educational experience because we are triplets and so we did everything together um including school and so with that I think comes a little bit of a different perspective on things and so do you guys want to start talking about it yeah so when we started high school we went in it going from um online eighth grade to public high school so my mom was like a little worried about us I guess she thought we were weird I was kind of weird <laughs> we my hair was weird. horrible my first team squad it was not it Abigail, oh Abigail actually okay did. I don't want to talk about my first team squad no you didn't go to the oh, first day yeah I I sometimes get really anxious and so like I re- actually genuinely did but the sick. first day of school I tripped over a bench and that was the most embarrassing moment of my life <laughs> I don't even remember of your life oh, yeah girl, I, I was just beat. oh really oh yes you do yeah <laughs> but um yeah so we taught violin at that time and so going from teaching it from being an online school um where we had all the time in the world we um elementary school obviously has a different schedule so um we had to do a class online in high school in order to accommodate us leaving to go teach violin and so my mom was like um we'll put them she called the principal and requested to put us in every single class together freshman year so that we would be like keeping each other in check and like oh we have to leave at this time because she really had zero faith in us to be rightfully so yeah no yeah. of course even now mad irresponsible uh, yeah was so <laughs> but uh, except for rachel oh but <laughs> but yeah so we had every class together and so that came with us like that's where i got my most I think that's where we got most compared to each other. Right. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. So and I think um, just, I, Rachel also is going to say something about this, but like when um, you're in a new environment, I think everybody's first instance when they find out your triplet is to ask you who's the smartest or who's the best at math, especially if you're in a math class, like, oh, who's the best at math? Who's the yeah. best at math? And I, I literally got asked who's the best at, best at math last term. <laughs> so it <laughs> happens am. all the time, every single I mean, I probably class. would ask it too. Yeah, so I'm but, not. And, and yeah, the, the question isn't negative, and I don't think anybody needs it in a negative way, but it is interesting because I do get it so often. Yeah. And I don't really know how to answer that question either, even though I get it frequently is because there isn't an answer to I that. know I'm just like uh uh yeah. I don't know like no if I say who's the smartest I I'm biased to myself so. yeah. <laughs> and I think math is good such to know how you feel yeah. I think math is such a complicated subject that it's hard to say like right. oh, who's the best because like, there's so might many be different at limits yeah. I might be better at derivatives of so course. yes yeah and um, I might be better at all of it yeah true of course exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um 
yeah, so I forgot what I was going to say completely. But, oh, yeah, sometimes people just do it for us. They come up and they're like, oh, Lydia's definitely the best at math. Or Abigail's the loudest. And um, Rachel's <laughs> the most quiet. Like, they'll just, or responsible. Like, they'll come up and just tell us who's the most what. And I'm like, dude, am I supposed to do that to you now? Am I supposed to, like, analyze your siblings yeah. and compare them to you and see where you fit in your family dynamic? But... Um, it's and just I, interesting. Yeah. And I think student-teacher relationships are a little bit different when you have somebody who's identical to you because it's more difficult to learn somebody's name when you have to, like, associate them with the personality <laughs> rather than just a face. Like, Abigail and I look the same, so you have to know more about us to know the difference. Um, and so growing up in high school, I, like, teachers didn't know my name. They would just call us, like, triplet one, two, three, and, um, Or just Pung. Or just yeah. Pung. Like, oh, Pung's yeah. coming. And so it was, like, you never, I was always a part of this unit of people, and I never really was an individual. In the eyes of teachers, for the most part. Yeah, and I, like, students, because we were, like, you're closer with students and teachers for the most part, I think. You spend most of your time with students. So that was a different relationship. But with teachers, and I think they have such a large quantity of students, they can't really take the time to say, oh, I'm going to learn these identical people's names and, like, really focus on it. And it's just not realistic. So yeah. I think that is, like, a significant thing that's probably a little bit different is, like, you don't really have an identity to these people. And there's one class I did take by myself. Well, you were in it, but then we got in a car accident when we had to leave. So yeah. um, the teacher actually did know me. And, and she, she knew still, my name. But she even still, like, she still knows yeah. like, the difference between us, which she is kind of funny. Like, I only knew her for a couple weeks, and she knows the difference between us. And she was an incredible lady. That that was like, you should be the standard for yeah. identical. Yeah, I like, like her. I definitely think there are positive experiences right, with teachers, exactly. but a lot there of times. There's a lot of um and so in our sophomore year we took AP European history and one of the teacher who taught that class I guess one of our other teachers told us about this so I've confirmed resources but um she would go into the freshman academy where all the teachers would eat lunch and she would be like oh I'm gonna like compare their test scores compare their who's the smartest um see who's best at what like she was legitimately like comparing us as I don't know like a case study I don't know what she was planning on doing with that but it was just so interesting because I was like, does she do this with any other student? Is it just because we are so closely related that she just wants to see? I just felt like it was kind of invasive. But and it almost yeah. felt kind of like a competition between us when it shouldn't be. Like school, education, learning isn't a competition right. with anybody but yourself. And so it's... But somehow it's always between us. Yeah, it's yeah. like we always have to fight to... Oh, I don't feel that personally, but I think other people put that on you. And... Another example was I uh, we were we worked in a preschool in high school. They had a preschool at my high school that you could sign up for a class to work in that preschool, and so we all did so that. So fun, and um, yeah, it was one of the best experiences of my life. But each one of us, we spent a lot of time in there because it was just it was so much fun. Why not play with preschool? Yeah, all so day? we did closing, which was an extra forty five yeah, minutes. Yeah, so we always stayed after school at the preschool and. Um, we did, like, lesson plans and stuff like that. And so um, at, at the end of your senior year, they choose two people to get a scholarship opportunity based on how much work you put into the preschool. And our teacher told us that yeah. we were going to get it because we did the most in the preschool. Yeah. 
And it, and I, yeah, so, and um, I think this is, like, one of the significant things about being a triplet is people don't just want to give two people something, or they don't, um, they think, uh, like, if I, I would be offended if Rachel and Abigail would get that scholarship over me, and I won't be, because I, I know how hard they worked, I saw it too, so if, if they get this opportunity over me, it's not a, a sting on me, it's like, good job to them. So that was just interesting that, like, when the time came to give out that scholarship, it didn't go to us. And the reason was because there's three people and only two scholarships. And so Mm -hmm. it's like you miss out on a lot of opportunities because if there's a limited number of spots, they don't just want to give it to one person or two people. Um, And I don't know. It always is interesting because I've never made that known about myself. Like, oh, I don't want them to get this over me. I think people just assume it. Yeah, people definitely put those on. It's not that isolated experience. It's happened multiple times. Yeah, uh, uh, like quite a few times over our life. Yeah, so it's just, it's definitely, it's disheartening, but it's just, it's not the end of the world, Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, But yeah. So how do you guys think that has influenced your experience in college or going into college? I was definitely really excited to go into college because you kind of get to move away from those experiences and you get to be a little bit of your own person for the first time. And nobody knew who I was going into PCC. So I was like an individual person. And it's not like I don't like being associated with these two people. But yeah, um, <laughs> it was kind of nice to get away from that for a little bit. And um I feel like in high school it's definitely more about us there's more of a social aspect to your classroom and um and in college it's more you're more academically focused and so it doesn't really matter if you're a triplet or not like in our classes I still had classes with Abigail and Rachel because we're going into the same degree um but even in those classes like nobody ask those questions that much it was a lot of a different experience because you're there to learn like you go down you sit in class and you take notes it's not like there's this period of time for social and um yeah it was yeah. not college has been good I definitely, yeah. short, I, I definitely agree good. with that it it's, has been good yeah it's been fun I think um Abigail wanted to talk a little bit about her experience because we are women in STEM so she wanted to talk a little bit about her experience with that because she has some specific things <laughs> yeah so we were when we were asked to this podcast I was like dang what has my experience been um as a <clears throat> girl <laughs> and this is the first thing that came to my mind so um as a student I really loved chemistry and I still love it I'm still in it and I find it very interesting sometimes it's frustrating but so I decided to take AP Chem because I thought it would be a good fun nice experience and it was and um for most people that know me like (laughs) I got voted most dramatic in high school like I'm a pretty um loud person I guess and I just make a lot of noise and I (laughs) I'm, I don't know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so, uh, so I had a lab group, and it was really fun, and it was this girl I sat next to, and we were really close, and um, sometimes she wouldn't show up, and so the first time, I was like, dang, gotta find a new lab group, and so I sat with this person that I kind of knew, and I knew he was pretty nice, and I thought we could just, like, do the lab together, and the first thing that he said to me was, like, okay, now you have to go get the materials, because that's all you're good for, and, like, as a woman, it was kind of like a go make me a sandwich statement, and I was 
pretty shocked, um, a little bit on the very shocked side, because I was like, dang, this is a nice person, right? <laughs> but it was it was a joke, but it was pretty, I don't know, it was a little shocking, because we didn't know each other, I felt enough to be, I don't know, making those crazy jokes, but it didn't stop there. And it was, it was the whole class, it was like joke after joke. And um, it was pretty clear, like he was just trying to be funny, but it was definitely a little jarring. And so I came home and I told my sisters, I was like, dang, I think this person hates me, like genuinely, seriously hates me. And I thought this for a long time, because of those like comments and that experience that I had. And it definitely made me a little bit more cautious in labs after that. And I was definitely like, I wanted to prove myself as a woman, as somebody who is more than like good at getting the materials. And so I say this like the dramatic part because maybe he was just annoyed about how, I don't know, crazy I am. But um, it was definitely a weird experience to go through. So I don't know. That was my story. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, those, like in no way is this something to characterize all men or all yeah. men in math and science classes. Oh, no, it is. That- it is the way to characterize all men. <laughs> Isn't that what we're doing? Generalizing? <laughs> yeah, so we're just gonna generalize. Oh, but yeah. um so this like these incidents don't account for the whole and that's really important to know and it's just like sharing I think when we sat down to talk about what we were gonna talk about, these were the ones that kind of came to mind because um you don't expect it to happen, something like that, you know. You kind of want to be treated with respect when you go into a classroom when you're there to learn. And so um, it was just out of the blue. But I definitely experienced amazing teachers yeah, and, and that's men not, in yeah, classrooms. It's not to say that there aren't men that are like totally supportive and really there on your team um, to work with you and be collaborative. It's just these are sometimes these are the most memorable because you don't expect that to happen. Yeah. And I think it's a benefit to talk about it, like have a space like this where people can share stories or experiences and be able to relate to it maybe. And on, on that note that one of our chemistry teachers, not the AP chem one, but the gen chem teacher, he did like one thing we talked about was he, wouldn't give any of the girls like the special labs the cool labs there would be a regular lab and then there'd be an extra cool like xxl lab that would be like <laughs> I, yeah super yeah. epic and like so everyone we would... were do like mixing chemicals and they were like mixing blowing chemicals, <laughs> like they were blowing stuff up and he and... would only give it to them uh-huh. only that one table Which, group yeah was it was disappointing it was just like something i would have been interested in and you just feel like you're not good enough as to get respected. it yeah as respected as good in the classroom but yeah so Lydia did you have anything you wanted to share about um talk about? yeah I think just going off what I said before don't want to generalize we're not generalizing here but I think just one of the more significant things that I've noticed when I, I'm in a math class especially in upper division math classes I think sometimes and I'm not sure if it's just I have a resting sad face. I've been told that my very whole life. true. I look depressed. I yeah. look very emo. I'm not, but um, I, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> Closetly, yes, I do have eyeliner on right now, but I don't. Why did I say I that? Don't. <laughs> I don't. But um, oh right, okay. So I I just noticed. Like if a teacher would a teacher would be explaining a professor would explain a subject and then immediately 
the guy next to me would turn around and explain it to me again. And obviously that's a learning style, teaching other people around you, but it happened so often that it just, it felt a little weird. It was like, does he not think that I'm listening to the same thing? Does he not think that I can learn this by myself? And so I think he was trying to be very helpful and he did it in a very sweet and gentle way. Like he wasn't being mean or angry. And I think that's an important thing to know. Like he was a very kind person, but it's like um, uh, sometimes when I'm in a class, I was in a group of people and they were men and we were working together on something. And it came to this problem that we, we all disagreed on. And it was kind of like me against them and they just didn't believe me or they didn't believe like what I was trying to say. They wouldn't like they didn't look at my work or they weren't like I would be I was talking to them trying to explain it and they would just say, no, that's not right. That's not right. And so it just felt a little bit discrediting of what I knew. And even if I wasn't right, um, which I was, I I did end up being right. But um yeah, it just, I, I think things like that stick out to you a little bit because it's like, oh, I, you feel like you have to prove yourself a little yeah. bit more because you're a woman and it's a male-dominated classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I just realized something as we were saying that. I had an epiphany. I was like, dang, when I give an answer to something, I always have to feel like I have to do it in a non-confident way. Like, I always have mm-hmm. to say, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know. But you could be right. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, I just don't feel like I could ever say an answer confidently. And maybe that's just who I am, but I don't know. Yeah, like, I definitely have felt that. that I felt there's a little bit more authority, like, going the other way. Like, people feel the authority to tell me that I'm wrong, but I don't necessarily feel the other way about yeah. them. And it's not anything to do with them. I think it just has to do with the fact that I'm, like, the only woman there. And so it's a little bit intimidating. And you don't want to step on anyone else's toes. Yeah. But, yeah, you definitely do. I think you do feel that kind of bashfulness, I guess. Ew! I don't don't like that word. I didn't like the word, but I couldn't think of another one. It's like you're a little bit more submissive when you're in those classes and you're not as willing to kind of share um, yeah. yeah. So we made a quick survey just to gauge about how other people felt about women in STEM and their experiences. And so we asked what their experiences were and someone shared kind of similar to what we were talking about that I'll just read it that um, I feel that many underestimate me because I'm a woman and always have. Teachers always usually focus on the success of men in class and expect more of them. More from me, sorry. More of them. That's right. Oh, more of them, sorry. Yeah, like they wouldn't think it's so. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that rings true for me, too. Like, I've noticed that sometimes professors expect more from the men in my classroom than necessarily me. Or, uh, like, even with the science opportunity, like, the chemistry labs, that was more difficult. And I think they would expect better from them. And yeah. going on with a, a bigger bigger university, um, our friend is going into engineering. And he was talking about how they were entering the engineering program and they were, like, in orientation. And this was crazy. This was so wild. But I guess him and his friends, they each did a different orientation and they all text each other about, like, the the attractiveness of the girls who were in the program and whether or not there were girls because some of them didn't. Like, it's engineering. It's not a very female 
dense career. And the one guy was like, who's my friend? He was like, oh, this girl was a three out of 10, a solid three out of 10. And I was so shocked when I heard that. I was like, I was really thrown back because I didn't even consider that to be something people thought about when you're in orientation and like you're rating the girls in your potential class. I don't know. It was so crazy to me, but it really it showed something about this is definitely not true for every single person who has entered engineering but it's like if you are not a traditional like beautiful woman people look down on you because they're like oh you're just I don't know like you're just smart that's all you are you don't care about the way you look but if you are then they'll think the only way you got there is because of your looks and so you really can't win if you're a woman in these fields it generalized generalized but um yeah that was a little shocking I don't know yeah I think especially for me I've never given a number to somebody that's just not Except for myself. (laughs) 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I just, that, and honestly, it was a little bit violating. Like, you're, you're placing that on me. 3 out of 10? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) 3 out of 3, girl. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, and that's, and that's the fear, I think, is as somebody, when you're in the minority of that group, when there's more of another gender than you, you you're more focused on I think because there's less right yeah. it's always that way I think if there were more women it wouldn't be such you know there wouldn't be that you know like it'd be right. more normalized it's not it's like a magnifying glass is on yeah and we um talked about how to get more women into STEM in our survey or Rachel survey Yeah, so we asked, how do you think or what could be done to promote women in STEM? And someone mentioned expanding K-12 programs that encourage women in STEM and gives them opportunities to be successful, which I thought was really important to mention because um, just going through my academic career, I just noticed that, you know, with the lack of people entering these programs in college, that encouraging that when people are younger and making curriculum, even when they're in like the early stages of learning, is super important and kind of erasing those biases that we have from a young age. And we were also going to talk about how there are female-dominated careers and how we were in So in child development, in our focus program in high school, as preschool teachers, there was no women teachers. There's no male teachers. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, there's no male teachers um, in our program. We had 12 kids and our 12 teachers, and all of them were girls. And then the next class only had two guys in their class. And um, it's because of the stigma against being a preschool teacher and how it's seen as like a womanly career and it's a nurturing, caring career. And that's not something that people would usually prescribe to men as like their their natural instincts, which is wrong, obviously. I know. I think this all boils down to the fact that we've gendered careers as a society and it's more... um, And they feel, they feel like they aren't, like, if I'm a guy, I've talked to them as they were in this, like, in high school, in this career pathway, they said, like, I feel uncomfortable in going into this because other people, other men will look down on me. Maybe even other, like, women will look down on me because I'm supposed to be, like, this traditional guy and in this career, I'm not seen as that. And so, disheartening. Yeah, to go off of that, I think... Um, those biases and that starts in early childhood education because 
even working with preschool students, um, you, you get to really see how children perceive the world because they're so honest and they're, they're, they're learning alongside you. And so, um, just specifically, I remember there was this boy and he was very emotional and he, he was he, amazing, but he, uh, yeah, he was a very sweet kid, but he, he experienced emotion very deeply and he was, um, as a result, he cried a lot. And so I remember one time he was just having a really rough day and one of the girls came up to me and she's like, one of the preschool girls was like, she was like, why is this boy crying? That's something girls do. Is this boy a girl? And it, and you realize that people learn these differences between gender and how one is supposed to act versus another. She was at four. Preschool yeah. yeah, she was four, and she was it's saying this. Yeah, it's regret, yeah. and it's because my teacher talked about this a lot when we learn about development. Um, when you're in your preschool stage, your threes, your fours, that is your selfish stage. According, I think PJ, the philosopher, decided this: the different stages of of um, development, and he said that like your selfish stage you really only care about yourself obviously and you're seeing the world as how it relates to you instead mm-hmm. of how you relate to it and so basically like if you saw another student of a different skin color or different background or gender you would think less of them or you would or maybe you'd say oh that person is maybe lighter than me darker than me you know like it's you first you think yeah. about yourself first which before you I think, think is important them. to notice those differences but also like when you're that young to teach them ways how to celebrate the differences and that's something so our preschool um which I so advocate for is Reggio Emilia preschool and it's basically children learn through a hundred languages and it's like art and music and those and block area and so we create our curriculum around students and so it's new every year because we created it and um it's we document the students learning and we try to give them the tools in their classroom so that they will be able to develop the best for themselves and so one of the lesson plans we did every single year was called um, the color of me and it was about like anti-bias curriculum and so we specifically had to put books in our classroom that represented every background in our classroom we had to put things on the walls that represented every background we had to we gave every child of a different you know um, ethnic background the space like their parents would come in and share about their background and their culture and their language and so we tried to make this space where it was like Oh, we see the I differences. Just, it was us who was just doing this. Oh no. oh no! Oh no! 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 Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was. Like, we had like a really great preschool teacher yes. who actually was pretty much yeah, doing definitely. this. She was the incredible. She was the one who spearheaded all of it. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. We were just like following along and like, oh, this is so great. But um, so there, like, we even experienced like children being racist towards other kids in preschool, and it wasn't like they knew what they were doing, but it was like they were identifying those differences and being mean about it right so before the these this group of girls there was a new girl that a student that came in and she was a black girl and before that student came in and they hadn't even talked to her yet they already said that she was mean and I think they were just associating her with characteristics of of a skin color that like that is a bias that is a stereotype and it's, yeah it's like that one um sorry to cut you off but it's <laughs> that one test that one survey where those little girls were like um with the dolls and yeah, one was a black doll YouTube one was a white video. doll and they're like which one do you think is the bad doll and they would point to like the little black doll instead mm-hmm. of the white and one so, yeah. because that's what they it's what they were taught when they were younger and it's this like 
immediately as she entered the classroom, the other kids were mean to her. Or and they already decided who she was. Yeah. By by her yeah. appearance. And she, it, like, uh, when I say she was the most giggly person, she was so happy and bubbly and joyful. And anything I said, literally I could say hi and she would, like, break down laughing. It was so funny. But towards the middle of the year, because of all of this, she just became so distant from everyone. She only wanted to take naps. She didn't want to talk to anyone. She became, like, a traditionally like um poorly behaved kid but she wasn't it was because of this environment and so we had to spend a whole year with our students to try and break down those barriers those biases that they put up against her and like other kids in the classroom too and so it was like if kids aren't being like put in the work at that young age then they're just going to carry it with them through their entire lives and it's going to grow it's not going to shrink so So. I think it's important to have environments like that where you can talk about it and have open-ended questions and really get to like the root cause of the problem and encourage each other and like you said celebrate each other and those are really important at the the early ages of life and introduce and, and another thing too this doesn't have anything to do with what we're saying right now but it did previously about women in stem classes there and there's a statistic about this i was supposed to look it up i completely forgot to do that but um women are like children girls are less likely to be exposed to toys that have to do with science and math versus boys and um so I think that that has a lot to do with it you with what you play with as a child I mean your experience as a child shape who you are as an adult and so and even when you look at commercials like you see Nerf and if it's not a pink Nerf gun you only see it's right toys are specifically gendered and they're marketed towards a specific group of people and that's that's a capitalist tactic that's a money-making tactic but at some point they decided that like math toys science toys are are gendered male versus female and artistic toys and more like feeling toys are gendered yeah female for the most part which just makes you think that that's what you're supposed to go towards or you're not (laughs) supposed to pursue that which is kind of disheartening to and it definitely was so evident in our classroom when Lydia said that one little boy wanted to be the mother in our dramatic play area and the girls like you can't be the mom you're not allowed to be the mom you like Mm -hmm. why can't he and that's the thing is as he had a great relationship with his mom and so he associated being a mother with his well with his mom yeah Yeah. (laughs) what am I saying here and but but yeah but they already and you know um um in our society, a mom is traditionally, like, a person who identifies as female, a caretaker, and they would assume that person is, or they would say, why are you acting like a girl today, you know, and so, and I forgot to talk about this before, but, so, some of our little boys in the classroom who were pretty, um, they had some behavioral issues and acted out a little bit, but it definitely wasn't them, but it was their behavior, and um, as soon as and none of the female teachers can handle it. I mean, none of them. Even the they most expert to level, us. they would be throwing things and hitting. And, Cause, yeah. Um, but then as soon as we got male teachers in the classroom, the entire environment changed. And even, those yes. little boys were so in awe of these older male teachers. They were like, oh, my gosh, I want to be them. Like, I want to do exactly what they do. And they were suddenly, like, excited to do activities that I couldn't. Like, it would be pulling teeth if I wanted to get them to do it. And it's because they had a positive, finally a positive, like, mm-hmm. role, male role model in that classroom. And so, um, 
yeah, to teach them. And then they could finally express themselves and show some emotion and um, instead of just, you know, like yeah. anger, behavioral outbursts. But. And yeah, to, to go off what you're saying, I think it's important that it's important that we have a diversity of, of gender and ethnic backgrounds in any group of in any field it's because a, yeah. you need to have those role models when you're growing up. You need to see that people that look like you are doing yeah. this. Especially and, in like media and representation of yeah. people that it's not just this one type of person. I mean it's person. discouraging when you don't look like the people that you see yeah. and what you want what you want to do. Like if there's a, if there's a group of engineers and you don't see any person that looks like you, it feels a little bit more unattainable. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we we build the children up to think that they they can do whatever they want, you know? Yeah, that's the goal, right? But then education is like uh, elementary schools over understaffed, um, too many kids, not enough supplies. There's no individuality in elementary school. And um, I was writing or doing a presentation and it, this statistic in Tennessee where they were trying to really get on um, early childhood education they said that if kids don't get the right support um, by third grade they're most they're like 50 percent more likely not to um, enter high school and then some percent more likely not to continue yeah. at secondary education and so it's like if if we don't buckle down in this until third grade that's all we need to do is like really focus our money our time our energy on these little kids and you wouldn't think it's like oh that this education doesn't matter but it's it's yeah. fostering growth not only in emotional connection, not only in science and math, but in emotional connections and showing kids how to deal with emotions is one of the most powerful things you can do for a kid because as they get into high school and they start to feel stressed out and overwhelmed because of their friends and their their life is changing. And if they were taught when they were younger how to deal with emotions and how to cope with big changes, then it's not going to feel as intense and scary. And so it's just... Yeah, I just really feel sad about education. Yeah, kind of going off of that, I think overall, like, having platforms like this, the podcast, and being in a positive class, like the calculus class we're in, (laughs) (laughs) has been really impactful for us and just shows that you can have positive experiences in STEM, and it's encouraging to be a part of. Right, and, like, an important thing to know is, like, my experience in calculus in math in science has been almost positive. a majority yes. an overwhelming majority of positive except for the test no i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> except when i have to take tests yeah but um yeah it's, we throw a subtle hit like no more tests <laughs> <laughs> make it off yeah <laughs> but yeah i just like to, to close it to round it all out it's been really positive yes. and there have been some really really great people that we've met along the way yeah. so there's no models. way to saying that it's all bad it's yeah mostly good there's just some things we can have conversations and about. i think yeah we it's good to have conversations about these things and bring them up but it's not to overshadow all of the good that does yeah. happen um yeah. yeah, so I think that's all, unless you guys want to keep talking for another 40 minutes. Probably can. <laughs> but I think, yeah. thank you for listening. If, if you made it this here. far. Yeah, our mom. Hi, mom. How are you? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> goodbye, I guess. <laughs>